So if it's our stewardship month, I suppose that means we should talk about abundance. <laughs> but you know, when I say the word abundance, what I know is a lot of people think then we're going to spend most of our time talking about money. And I got to tell you, sure, the tools and the ideas we're going to be sharing this month uh, can allow you to have more money come into your life, but that is the least of it. Abundance is an amazing thing. Abundance is all of the love that we can share with our loved ones. Uh, abundance is the feeling of safety and security and that being in the right place and that being in the right time. It's the song that Laura was singing. It's being the I am. The richness of God itself is here for us if we approach it with an open heart and we approach it with some intentions. We're using this month uh, for inspiration, Ask and It Is Given, a, a book by uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks. And uh, this week, we're going to focus in on their teaching of something that you've heard of, I'm sure, before, called the Law of Attraction. The Law of Attraction, you know, was, was kind of the, the feature in the movie The Secret. It was the, well, it was The Secret in The Secret was the Law of Attraction. Um, you know, Oprah and other talk show folks have had uh, various luminaries on their show. I would be surprised if there are very many people left that have never heard of the Law of Attraction. And simply put, it is that our thoughts and our beliefs are attractive. They attract to us the, the, the measure, if you will, the, the likeness of what we're thinking. Uh, and in fact, you may have heard the law of attraction simply stated as like attracts like. So if you're having thoughts in your mind about uh, success and work and uh, uh, getting along with your coworkers and the, the utility and the great place it is to be at work, well, we, it wouldn't surprise me if you got a raise or you got a promotion. If you're having feelings of loving your family, if you're having that sense of order and sweetness at home, I wouldn't be surprised if your family means everything to you and vice versa. So simply put, it is our thoughts, it is our beliefs, it is the, the general nature of our mind drawing to it the things and the people and the places that will act as a mirror to those thoughts and beliefs. Okay, so if it's that simple, why aren't we all millionaires? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If it's that simple, why aren't all my relationships perfect? Why, why aren't I uh, you know, bizarrely successful in everything that I do? I'm going to share something with you right out of this book because I think it will lead us in the direction of understanding what's going on here. This is from Esther Hicks. She says, if there is something you desire that you are currently do not have, you need only put your attention upon it and the law of attraction will bring it to you. However... If there is something that you desire that you currently do not have and you put your attention upon your current state of not having it, then the law of attraction will continue to match that not having it and you will continue to not have what you desire. Either way, it's the law at work. Well, obviously, this is kind of a good news, bad news scenario here, right? 
what she's saying is we need to be fairly careful about not just what we think of. I mean, all of us in our mind's eye can picture what a great job would be. All of us probably in our mind's eye can, can think or hypothesize what the, the best and loving relationship is like or, or whatever it is that would be our heart's desire. We can picture that thing. And what she's saying is it's more than just the picture of the thing. It's our ability to really know that we can have it. It's our ability to accept the thing. It's our emotional content of knowing that it's for us and not some elusive thing that we don't want to have. Now, this is all fine in theory, and today I wanted to do something a little different. I want to get really practical. And, uh, and so, uh, pretend, if you will, that you're the studio audience of a new game show that I would like to call, What Are You Attracting? And uh, <laughs> let's... Uh, Let's work through, if you're willing, a few questions that would be on this show. And I won't put anyone on the spot. We'll, we'll kind of answer them together, right? And uh, we'll see how this goes. All right. So you wish to be in a long-term committed relationship. It's been some time, but you know that you're ready to experience the love, the joy, and even the complexity of a long-term relationship. So when you think of this potential relationship, do you feel... A, that intense yearning for a soulmate, or B, the playful thoughts of day-to-day -day living with a partner. This is trickier than you thought it would be, isn't it, right? But let's think back for a minute to what Esther said. The intense yearning for a soulmate, wouldn't that just tend to attract more yearning? Do you know what I mean? So by that very feeling of not having the soulmate, the, the yearning for something that you don't have, you're actually saying, nope, not ready. I'm all about the yearning, not about the having. So those of you who said B, yeah, I think that's a better choice. The playful thoughts of day-to-day -day living with a partner. Doesn't that sound more heart-opening? Doesn't that sound more matter-of-fact? Like, yes, this is something that I can have. This is something I can be involved with. All right, let's try another one. You really want a new car, and you think that maybe a Toyota Camry would be the one that's just right for you. Well, now, how does that work? As soon as you think of that, right, you start seeing a million of them on the road. And so you're out driving around in your currency, and sure enough, there's one, there's one, there's three at the stoplight. You've even kind of picked out what color you want, because you're seeing them everywhere. When you see a Toyota Camry in traffic, how do you feel? A, luxurious, picturing yourself behind the wheel, or B, sad and a little envious because someone else already has it. A. Yeah, yeah. That one's a little clearer, isn't it? If you're picturing yourself being envious of someone else, doesn't that just highlight that you don't have what it is you want? Yeah. And so anytime you find yourself envious, if you find yourself uh, wishing that someone else didn't have what you could have or things along those lines, oh my God, you're like saying, no way, stay away from me, all my love, all my good. It, it's that closed-heartedness instead of the open-heartedness. Let's try one more. You want a promotion at work. You know you're better qualified than many of the people that are already in management. 
and you have more experience than many of the people who've already been promoted. So when you see one of the managers out on the floor handling a difficult situation, you feel, A, a little critical. You know that you could probably do it better, or B, supportive, because managers should help each other. It gets tougher, doesn't it? Now think about this one, though, right? If we're in the position of criticizing a group of people, why would we want to be one of those people? Right? If we're in the position of thinking, oh, the manager's here, they hardly know what, they, what they're doing, and I would sure be better at that than them, who wants to become a them? Nobody. And so even if your heart, you think you would be a great manager, there's going to be that little thing that will keep you, whether it's self-sabotage or, or someone that doesn't see the sincerity in your face or whatever it is, someone, somehow, and it's probably your own self, will prevent you from becoming that thing that you would criticize. Who would want to criticize themselves? Do you want to do another one, or is this just getting freaky? <laughs> All right, let's try one more. For years, you've wished to own your own home, and you've gotten a pay raise, and with the current low interest rates, you think, you know, I finally have a shot at it. It looks like this might be possible. So a realtor friend of yours, probably Linda Rossi, although she's not here today, uh, suggests that she might want to start looking at houses, and when she does this, you feel, B, hesitant, a little wary. Shouldn't you qualify for the loan first? Shouldn't you find out what's in your price range? Or B, elated. Finally, your desire for a home is becoming real. But you see what I mean? The universe itself will tend to guide you into some of these positions of caution, some of these positions of you don't have this, you're unlikely to get it. Of course, the answer is that you want to feel positive about what you want to have. And yet, you'll get all kinds of messages of, who do you think you are? You need to be pre-qualified. You need to know uh, what your earning rate. Do you even know your FICO score? Please. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see what's going on here? Is it any wonder that some of the things that we want so entirely, so completely, we have at arm's length. And it's not because we can't visualize the thing. It's not because we we can't picture it in our heart as to what it might be, that loving relationship, that perfect job, that way of being in the world. Everything that that we were hearing in, in Laura's lovely song, we can have and be all that if we can accept it. If our heart is open, if we're seeing that thing as something we truly can have. The master teacher Jesus in the Bible said uh, that we have to pray as though we already have the thing. It is given to you, unto you as you believe. And that's uh, just another way of stating the same principle. We need to believe that we can already have it in our heart if we want to experience that thing. I just want to anchor in this uh, uh, belief here with another quote from Esther Hicks. And what I like about this is it's really a recipe for knowing if you're using the law of attraction in a positive way or in a way that will actually kind of keep your good at a distance. Here's what she says. Now, by paying attention to the way you feel, you can easily know if you're giving your attention to your desire 
or if you're giving it to the absence of your desire. When your thoughts match your desire, you feel good. Your emotional range would be from contentment to expectation to eagerness, even to joy. But if you're giving your attention to the lack of the thing that you want, your emotions will range from feelings of pessimism or worry to discouragement to anger, sometimes even to depression. This is wonderful. You always wanted to know what to do with those emotions that are left over at the end of the day. Use them as a guide to understanding really where you're putting your energy. If it's that new job that you want and the more you think about it, if your feelings are of insecurity or doubt or things like that, you're actually using the law of attraction in a negative way to keep whatever you want at arm's length. If instead you can picture yourself having that which you desire, you picture yourself in that loving relationship, you imagine yourself in that job and how sweet it's going to be, you look out and see that Toyota Camry and you're driving it and you're experiencing freedom and safety and security or whatever it else that you want to experience in that new car or that new life or that new job or that new relationship, when you feel good about it, then the power of attraction is on your side. I have one more tool for you, because a lot of times people will come to me and say, can you give me a, more of a concrete tool, if you will, for using the, the, the good part of the law of attraction? And I gotta tell you, it takes me back to the University of Oregon, and I majored for a short time there in theater arts. And one of my very first acting instructors, uh, it, it was an interesting task. I, I, I was supposed to be in, in an Edward Albee play, uh, playing a crazy young man, and of course, you know, as someone just out of high school, I didn't really know that many people that were crazy. And so I, I well, I mean, crazy in a clinical way. I mean, I knew a few people, especially in my family, that were crazy. But, uh, and so I asked the director, I said, you know, how do I approach this? How do I do this? Do I have to, to check into a mental institution for a while? You know, I think I'd probably read somewhere that actors did crazy things like that. And she looked at me and she said, oh, no. Just act as if. And I think that was one of the most profound and simplest things that I have learned in my life. If you want to create a flow, a positive flow, using the law of attraction in your own life, act as if it's already yours. If you already had that perfect relationship, how would you be? You'd be bubbly and lighthearted, right? Picture yourself going into the Safeway store and it's a really long line. If you're being a, a grumpy person, right? This is like, you'll be pissed off. If you are in love, does it matter? Do you know what I mean? So put on that thing. Act as if you have the love of your life. Imagine really that that dynamic and pure and best ever job is already yours. Go ahead. You're worth it. I want to anchor this thought further with today's joke. It's called The Greatest Story Ever Told. So after a venerable career, the greatest director who ever lived in his prime suddenly dies. He's called to heaven and St. Peter meets him at the gate. So sorry about your untimely death, Peter says to the director, but God himself has called you home. You see, God wants you to direct a movie. 
Well, the great man is humbled. God wants me to direct a film? Yes, says St. Peter. And we've arranged to have the best of everything for you. For example, the script is being written by William Shakespeare. Wow, says the director. Your production designer will be Michelangelo. We've got Leonardo da Vinci doing the sets. Your musical score will be from Mozart. And the cast includes a young Laurence Olivier. The director can't believe it. This is incredible, he says. This will be the greatest story ever told. Who's playing the leading lady? St. Peter kind of shuffles his feet a little bit. Well, he says, uh, we do have one little issue. You see, he whispers, God's got this girlfriend. <laughs> All right, so some of you weren't theater arts majors. <laughs> what I'd like to suggest, what I'd like to suggest, and for those of you who didn't get the joke, this will help. <laughs> I would like to suggest that we all can be the director's girlfriend that we can have a play written just for us, that we can have the best actors in supporting roles of our life, that each of us can have Michelangelo doing the sets, that each one of us can call upon Mozart for a full score, and William Shakespeare himself to pen the lines of our life in a way that is magnificent and beautiful and stunning. Each of us is worthy of having the greatest story ever told be our story. It starts with the law of attraction. You can bring into your life what you call forth. It will take a little effort, I promise you, and we've learned an amazing tool today to really gauge your emotional impact on what you're wishing and hoping for. Because if it's based in fear, if it's based in the lack of what you want, unfortunately, that greatest story ever told could be a tragedy. But I am equally assured in my own heart and I, in my own mind, it works in my life so very well, so much of the time, that when we hold in our heart the feelings of joy, the sense of completion and success, the ability to act as if, even now and then when the evidence of it isn't at hand yet, when I act as if I am on top of the world, it is such a sweet story. And this is what I wish for everyone in this room, with an open heart and with joy on my mind. This is what I wish for you all. One more tool. You know, this month, the other thing I, I love about asking it is given is in the back of it are actually some exercises that you can do to bump up your abundance quotient. And, and I've been copying them off. So in your program, you can take it home and do this on your own. But the, uh, the practice is called the Magical Creation Box. And I just really briefly wanted to show you mine. So you'll be making your own according to the directions in there. This is my magical cr uh, creation box. And simply what they instruct you to do is, uh, here I put it on the inside, whatever is contained in this box is. So as I go about collecting things to put them in this box, I simply repeat that. Whatever I put in this box is. Me harnessing on purpose that law of attraction. And so what do I have in here so far? Well, first of all, I have a lovely picture of a church that is filled with smiling people. And you know what? The church is a little bigger than this one. 
what else do I have in there? You know, I, I have to uh, have to mention that I'm I, I'm in my middle years here, and and part of my middle years are right here in my middle. So I have a picture of hiking up in the mountains because I know that is a fun way for me to get a little more exercise. And I have a picture. Sharon Foley was at the first service and she looked at this picture. But to me, this exemplifies someone having an amazing time exercising. I mean... (laughs) Can you imagine anyone having more fun exercising than this woman? I can't even figure out what she's doing. She's like, she's like draped over some exercise ball or something. But I want to be her because she is having an outrageous fun time and using up a lot of calories. So, so this is a good thing. Uh, also in here, uh, my partner and I uh, love ballroom dancing, and so I have a picture of some ballroom dancing. Again, a great way to, uh, to bring love into my life as well as shed a few calories. This is how the magical creation box works. And can you see how I'm lit up right now just talking about it, right? This is a heart-opening exercise. This is exactly what Esther Hicks is talking about, right? Because as I'm talking, here I'm talking about exercise right? And my heart is open, and I'm feeling wonderful. This is how you work the law of attraction in a positive way. Let us simply conclude um, with a prayer today, because I know you've gotten a couple good tools to work on. I know that abundance is for you in your own lives as you approach us. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing called God, and and God is in such abundance in its own way. Everything, every person, every place, everything, everything that's good, everything that's imaginable is already created in the mind of God. It's there. It is simply there. That's the power of God in its infinite array. And what I know, because God creates everything, it also creates me. That there is that spark of the divine right here in my own heart. And as I know it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room. And as one of those divinely created beings, each of us has the ability to use the law of attraction. It is one of God's laws that work just as dependably as electricity or the third law of thermodynamics. The law of attraction is here. And I know for each person in this room that today we learned a few additional tools for harnessing the law of attraction in our own lives so that each person here has a greater sense of abundance, a greater sense of a, of a filled up life, a greater ability to have and, and, and to hold and to just assimilate more of God's great gifts in their lives. I know with each passing day it gets easier, it gets more powerful, it gets more intentional. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful to be here in the power and presence of God as it shows up with such love and such diversity. I'm grateful to be here in the law of abundance, using it, being a witness to it. And I simply let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much.